0: If you're here for the first time, I want to say to you, welcome. Uh, You are going to experience the greatest people in the world. And uh, Valley Community Church, so proud of you, the many instances of your ministry, what you're doing outside the four walls, and even inside the four walls, uh, your ministry. I'm going to begin a new series today, and it's a series that uh, I'm excited about. God kind of opened up some curtains to me. He kind of showed me some things. And uh, he showed some things of my future. And in showing things of my future, it includes you. Because I have the privilege of being your pastor. And so I'm going to take you on a journey. And the journey is called A Lifestyle That Gives. A Lifestyle That Gives. And today we're going to talk about our future. But I want to pray because I just just sense in my spirit that um, there's a lot going on in your lives, and because there's a lot going on in your lives, uh, some of you have come in with really um, fast heartbeats because there's a lot going on and a lot of decisions to make, and in those decisions, um, there's ramification of them. And I want to say to you, again, that you are never alone, but when you begin to walk in faith, you begin to understand your future and how you attain what God has called you to, then you can walk in peace, immense peace, in the midst of chaos. In this world, there is tribulation, but be of good cheer because he's overcome it. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you for uh, what you're doing uh, in all of our lives. The growth, the, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, the many that are praying in the spiritual language, in their heavenly language, and experiencing something so wonderful. But Father, I thank you that we also know that there is an enemy. You've told us this, but you've told us that we have authority over that, and that nothing can harm us. And we proclaim that now in Jesus' name, and as we uh, sit down in our seats, I thank you, Father, that the Holy Spirit will absolutely overwhelm us with that peace, and that our hearts will have such a, a charge to be able to hear the Word of God and to leave this house walking out into our homes and into our lives with great faith. And I give you praise for that in Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you as you are seated. As you can tell again, I'm just, I'm having the time of my life, I really am. I am so busy, it's crazy. Everywhere I go, I'm either saying I can't, I don't have time for that, no I can't fly out there, I can't do this. You know, because of what God is doing and speaking to us as a church, and in the church, we're just moving, and we're, we're just excited about what the Lord is doing. And um, I, I just, the times that I've had with the Lord uh, in my office and at home uh, are going to be, are going to be, and have been amazing. God is speaking, and I'm not the only one He's speaking to. He's talking to you, too, and I want you to open up your hearts to him. He has uh, some amazing things. Well, I have just a couple more things to talk to you about. Uh, first of all, our property now is paid off. Amen. Amen. I was in a meeting last Sunday and uh, with the elders, and we were talking about our future, and uh, couple of the leaders of the Spanish church came over and the Spanish church took an offering and paid off our property. Isn't that awesome? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let me also say this to you is that during the week I got a phone call from someone and said, Pastor, I got a check for you if you need it. And I said, Well, you know, bottom line, it was paid off. I said, But you can still write the check out if you want. But uh, I said, uh, you know, just just follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, what you're going to do with that. He, he puts something on your heart, and maybe it isn't to pay off the property, but maybe there's something else that God wants you to do, uh, either inside the church or giving outside the church and being a blessing. So God is doing uh, particular things in you. And so that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about our future. We also have the Marketplace Ministry uh, on October 16th. It's a Wednesday evening. It's where we normally have our uh, Wednesday evening Bible study. But on that evening, we're going to have our marketplace where you're going to learn about uh, finance outside the four walls of the church and learning how to uh, bring that into the kingdom of God and how to be kingdom givers. And so on October 16th, we want you to sign up for that. You say, well, i am come to Bible study. Well, we want you to sign up for that because we're, we are also are going to have uh, some refreshments and things, and it's, it's going to go from 7 o'clock until 9 o'clock, and so it's going to be later than normal. Uh, you know, Pastor Dan speaks, it might end at 8.45. No, just kidding. <laughs> but no, from 7 to 8, and uh, but this is going to be from 7 to 9 because we have some uh, very uh, particular things that we want to talk to you about. Dr. Mila will be speaking, and it's going to be powerful. Also, OSL begins next week, and we're talking about our future. Your future cannot be attained without the Word of God. What God called you to to accomplish cannot be attained without a full revelation of the Word of God in the place and the call that God has set you in. So I encourage you, if you have not already, uh, sign up for OSL. In a few weeks, we begin OSL 1, and I have the privilege of teaching that, and we just have a great time learning about the love of God. So many other things going on in the church, from the men to the women uh, to the youth. So just just the children, just watch um, the bulletins and... Just be involved and be a part of what God is doing at Valley Community Church. I'm beginning this new series on giving, and today we're going to talk about faith because we must have faith to give. The message God gave me also, I believe, is going to relate to you in areas of your life. Not one person is left out of this message relating to you. You are at a place in your life with your walk with God that is a window of opportunity. It is something that God is setting for the church today. And he is saying to you and he's saying to me that there's some particular things that you will be doing at Valley, particular things you will be doing in your businesses that are going to be encompassed together And join together. The Holy Spirit's going to give you real insight of how this is going to work, how it's going to be intertwined into uh, your life, your business, your relationships, and your ministry. So, putting this together, this series, as I said earlier, that the Lord gave me a glimpse of my future personally and yours. In this reality of the Word of God, I want you to recognize that there is a transformation that is at hand. And what's going to take place at Valley Community Church, our future, is a large move in the area of salvation and Holy Spirit baptism. We are going to see a realm of prosperity that this church has never seen before. And it's not just the the church because of tithe and giving that you are going to learn to walk in, but God has a huge plan for this church. God has a huge plan and in the glimpse that he gave me, me, the vision that he gave me, uh, it's huge. And this is something that will be lasting in our lives. And some of us will literally uh, be gone and in heaven, and it's still going to be manifesting itself. Because it's going to, it's, there's a window of opportunity we're jumping in, but there's also uh, a lasting fruit that's going to manifest because we are going to accomplish this through faith we're going to accomplish this through kingdom giving and kingdom lifestyle. And it has nothing to do with, uh, you know, God's going to bring someone in who's rich or God's going to bring someone in like a Billy Graham that has everything to do that we have everything that we need right here in front of my eyes. And the second service and the third service. We have everything that we need, but we have to understand what it is, and we need to understand how do we walk in it how do we walk this out a lifestyle that gives faith is not blind and faith is not deaf god does not ask us to make a blind leap of faith that's the world expression i am asking you to take a leap of faith but it's not blind And I'm going to, as your pastor, I'm going to equip you. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to show you what Scripture says. And the blessings of the Lord will be on your relationships, your businesses, your jobs. Promotion is at hand. It is a window of opportunity. It is there. But there takes something that has to happen in our lives. And we're going to talk about faith today. And we're going to talk about what we have to do, what faith is Because there are so many people that have either been hurt because of misunderstanding of faith and they have really backed away and kind of put themselves in a corner and they're not walking in kingdom giving. They're walking in fear of the kingdom. Fear of of what God might say to them. What God might ask them. When you are a kingdom giver, when you have a lifestyle of giving, you must recognize that the Lord literally has given you everything that pertains unto life and godliness this physical life and spiritual life. You have everything that you need right there at hand. But in many instances, it's because we don't understand how to walk in it. We get frustrated, we get confused, we get deceived. Even though our heart is right, our heart desires to do the right thing, that we become deceived, not because we don't want to do what God's asking. It's because we just don't know how to do it. So this is what we're going to experience. And poverty is going to change into prosperity. Curse is going to change into blessing. God asks us to step out on his word. He asks us to step out on his vision, on what he shows us and what he speaks to us. Are you listening to the Holy Spirit? He's talking to you. I can't do that. There's no way. Yes, you can. You can do it. He, again, never asks us to walk blindly. He asks us to walk by faith. So let me begin to explain to you uh, this faith thing. Scripture says faith is the evidence of things not seen. You don't see it in the natural, but you see it in the spiritual. Faith is something that, that in many instances we we try to walk by faith, but a lot of people walk by faith because they see what they have in their pockets or in their life to be able to do it, and they, they think they're walking in faith. No, they're just walking in their own power. And to accomplish and to dive into the window of opportunity and to see this curse removed into a blessing and to see poverty moved in, into prosperity, you need to really see What God is saying, you need to really see what God is is wanting to produce in your life and in mine and in our life at Valley Community Church. Faith is you see or hear something in the spiritual and God asks you to believe it and then step out with corresponding action. Let me tell you, faith, is literally the starter or the engine of giving, of having a giving heart, of of loving people and giving and sharing and, and being the one that listens to someone who's hurt when other people are too busy. Being someone who by faith looks at it and says, I don't have time for this, but I'm gonna make time Because Holy Spirit, you said for me that I can have an answer for this person. So I'm going to make this time for them. And because of that, by faith, I'm going to believe, God, you're going to do what I'm supposed to do. Are you following the thought process there? So faith to me is what I explained to you earlier, is God draws back the curtains of eternity and gives us a glimpse of the future. And we begin to walk toward that glimpse or that vision. I've said this a couple times, and I'm I'm saying this in leadership meetings that I'm having with many different leaders in our church, is that when you live your life, you need to understand that sight is what you see with your eyes open. Vision is what you see with your eyes closed what God put in your spirit. And you have to begin to see things even though you don't see it. Or even if you see the opposite of what God said, you need to begin to see it, because God said it. So that's what I'm asking of you and what we are doing at the church. We are seeing a glimpse of our future, we're seeing a glimpse of vision. God has drawn back the curtain. And there is a season and a window of opportunity, so let's jump in. I want to read to you out of the book of Hebrews. And in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8 through 10, it says, By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise, as in a foreign country, dwelling in the tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Now Hebrews 11, a lot of people write books and make statements. It's called the Hall of Faith. It's where it's listed many men and women in the Bible who walked by faith and God did miraculous kingdom things. And you will see that it talks about by faith, Abraham, by faith, Noah, by faith. And in an essence, we because it just keeps repeating that, sometimes we have a tendency to forget that what it's trying to really show us is by faith. All this manifested. God spoke to them and gave them a glimpse of their future and they began to walk by faith. See, that's the first step. When God shows you something, the first step you have to take is a faith step. When God shows you, when when there's something that's put in your heart that you know you're supposed to do, the first step is not what you're doing, the first step is faith. And faith is more than just doing something faith is more than than just saying oh well i think god said this so i'm just going to do this and then at the end with one eye open you're looking to see if it's going to manifest or not that's not faith even if we don't see it in the natural we are to walk by faith so today let me give you four actions we need to do if we are going to walk by faith and in these actions is a spiritual, and I'm going to use the term, and I, I've been fighting for about six weeks on the, what term to use, and so I might change it next week. But there, there are four actions, and these actions really, to me, are entities. I don't even know if that's a good explanation, but, but it, it's something that we need to realize in of these four things I'm going to give you is something that is so, there's so much more than just what it says. There's a depth, there's a truth, there's a spiritual depth, there's a spiritual truth that's much deeper than right now when I even explain it to you and it hits your heart and it hits your mind and your spirit and the Holy Spirit is crying out to you. I wanna tell you that these things are so powerful, so vast, so deep that if you will really recognize these are four actions, these are four things I must understand about my faith walk. When God says something, when I come in agreement with a brother or sister, when I come in agreement with a vision of the church, is that I'm going to walk with these four things. And every step I take, every time I think about it, every time I pray about it, I'm gonna make sure that these four entities are functioning in my faith walk. Did I explain it a little bit there? Okay. Because remember, this series is about giving. Giving. So the first one that we learn from Abraham is obeying. Verse 8 says, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place. God spoke to Abraham and he proclaimed a destination. So what am I bringing to you? If you are going to walk by faith, you have to obey. Not what you see in the natural, but the picture or place God showed you or spoke about spiritually. If God spoke to you and said, I want you to go to Valley Community Church and be a part of that church, obey. If God spoke to you and said, I want you to take that job at this company that was offered to you and not this job, obey. If God spoke to you and said, this woman, this man is gonna be your wife, your husband, and I want you to love her. I want you to love him, obey. You see, a lot of times we, we want We make a decision and we think obedience is just the action. There are a lot of people that said, I do, and they didn't. There are a lot of people that said, I'm here, and they're not. Because they didn't obey. They didn't get to the depth of what it means to literally walk by faith. Hmm. A little over 13 years ago, And in this this series, there are going to be times I'm going to be talking about me. I don't do that very often. Years ago, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, I'm giving you a gift to be able to explain because of the personality I've given you, they will see it in your life. You don't need to explain it with your life. And so many instances, I get people sometimes, you know, you need to talk more about yourself. No, I don't. I'm obeying what God told me to do. But in this series, God said, talk about yourself. All right? So, a little over 13 years ago on Father's Day, Terry and I were told by God to come back and to redig the wells of Valley Community Church and restart and walk to what God said to us about who we are. I've had history from 1979 of Valley Community Church. I started uh, attending. Uh, three weeks after I started attending, Pastor Bradford asked me to be the junior high pastor, from junior high pastor to the senior, to the, uh, senior high group, from senior to the college, then to uh, being the administrator of, of ministries. And so... From there, just being second in command under Pastor Bradford. And, and all of that, but here's the point. I got history here, and I know the good history, and I know the bad history. I know the good, the bad, and I even know the ugly. Should make a movie out of that. We, we, we saw in the Spirit, when we came here, a vibrant, healthy church that trained leaders that would touch the world. That's what we saw. We released the church in North Carolina. We made sure and we helped out to make sure that Pastor Dale and Carrie Jenkins would take over the church that were under us for nine years. We released the district as supervisors. For years, we supervised the district on the East Coast. The president of our organization asked us to take this church instead of going to Hawaii and being in ministry there under Pastor Wayne Cordero. Prayed about it. He was right. Called Pastor Wayne and said, I'm sorry, I know you offered me this position, but the Lord has called us back to Valley Community. And he said, you you know, that's the third time you've gone back there. I said, yeah, I'm not going to strike out. I'm going to hit a home run when I get there too. We knew it was God. We packed our things. The church at the time didn't even have money in the bank to even pay for a moving expense. So we paid for it, and then we were paid back later. We accepted the position without even knowing what our salary would be. And finally, I called and said, "Just tell me around about what it's going to be, so that I can plan my future. So I can plan my budget. I'm a high D personality. I want to know, you know, what's going on." Church. God spoke and said, "Redig the wells and bring healing to the church." we have a window of opportunity now to grow and to fulfill our destiny. Let me just make a proclamation that the Holy Spirit proclaimed to me in my office a while ago. Valley Community Church is a healed church. Valley Community Church is a word church. Valley Community Church is a church that loves one another. And they know who they are. For 13 years we have (laughs) browbeat this into the culture of Valley Community Church. And from the staff and the leaders and wonderful people like you, we have attained that level of what God has called us to. But now we haven't even scratched the surface of God's plan and God's future. And we now are through this series, and last series, is that there is a method to the Holy Spirit's uh, madness to bring us into a place of understanding our future. Terry and I began obeying God. Some of you were here, And you did the same with us. You began believing God too. God has brought many of you during the years when he drew back the curtain. And Abraham could have said, God, you don't know the economy. You're saying this, you don't know the economy. Abraham could have said, the stock market is fluctuating. He didn't say any of that. When God spoke, Abraham obeyed. And when he obeyed, God moved. Obedience is huge. Obedience isn't until you change your mind. Obedience is when you feel like you might even be doing the wrong thing. You see, Pastor Ben uh, said a statement, I think it was Wednesday night, and I said, can you write that down? I didn't bring it with me, but I'm just going to say it. If loving God is wrong, then I want to do wrong. So in essence, when God speaks, and it seems like everything's looking wrong, everything's not working the way it's supposed to work or the way I want it to work, God spoke, and God's not schizophrenic. God doesn't tell you one thing and then another, then another, then another, bouncing you back and forth. God takes you on a journey. And in this journey, in peace, that's when you walk in this journey and make new decisions. But it takes obedience. If you're gonna be a kingdom giver, you must be obedient, and you must see it spiritually and not naturally. Because if you only look at it naturally, you'll never be the giver that God wants you to be in the kingdom, and because you'll never be the giver that God wants you to be in the kingdom, you'll never attain the fullness of what God wants you to attain. You still with me? Okay. The second... Thing that we learn, second action, is dwelling, dwelling. Hebrews 11.9 says, by faith, Abraham and Sarah dwelt in the land. Dwelt in the land means there was a commitment to what God said. They sold what they had. God said to you, all right. Holy Spirit just said, You got to say this. I'm not going to tell you to sell what you have, but I'm going to tell you to sell your life to Jesus Christ, to be so overwhelmed and that He owns you and everything that you have. God said to you something about your marriage. You must make a commitment to what He said to receive. Here are really two questions I always find out when I do marital advice. I'm not a licensed counselor, so I don't like saying counseling. Here are two questions I get answered when I counsel people regarding their marriage. How committed to the Lord are you? And how committed to your marriage are you? The answer is, if you're not committed, it will never work. If you're not committed to it, it'll never work. If every situation that arises, and they will, in every area of your life, situation arises, causes you to change and to think, did I miss it? No, you didn't miss it. Let me just tell you, you're very smart. People are smart. People hear God. But what they do is they hear God and then they hear life. And then they make a choice between the two. And in many instances, we make a choice compared to life. And I I, I really want us to, to understand is no matter how much counseling you receive, you will have to make a commitment. You can go to every discipleship class we have, every women's group, every man's group, every retreat, every advance, every, you know, convention, everything you can go to it, if you do not make a commitment to the very thing God is saying, again, you will not receive, you will not become the giver that God has asked you to be. See, what you are giving out is what God has given you. You, you are that, that person that God is going to use. See, our future, and we're going to keep picking away at this, our future is reaching out to the world and seeing thousands of people born again. You see, that should cause the church to jump up and do flips But when we talk about that, the church, I'm not just talking about Valley, I'm talking about the universal church that when we talk about that, it's like, oh cool. But the reality is, is that that is the heart of God. For God so loved the world that he gave. Notice that, that he gave. What did he give? He gave so that others could believe and receive their salvation. If you want to understand, that is the fullness of God when sons and daughters come back to him and he's able to love them in relationship instead of loving them at a distance because they're rejecting him. As I've been praying about this new window of opportunity, I was reading a book (laughs) <laughs> it's funny, Pastor Dan was talking about that. The Holy Spirit's been asking me to go back to my youth days and reading some of the old books I used to read. And I was reading a book and two scriptures popped out to me, and it's found in Genesis 35 and Deuteronomy 11, and we're going we're gonna to talk about this. We're going to um, really dig down into this, and let me ask you this. Do you want to do the will of God? Yeah, just raise your Do you want to do the will of God? Yeah. Do you want that stuff that's always happened in your family, which involves curse or, or just constant this disease, that disease, whatever, do you want that to be removed out of your... Yeah, okay. Do you, um, do you, do you really... Would you really want to be a giver... And to see people's lives transformed because you gave? Yeah. Okay, so, so as I dig into this, as we talk about this, I'm asking you to choose not to be offended by God. And to really hear what God is saying. I want to tell you, I, I'm looking in the window, and on the other side of the window, through that window, on the other side, it is beautiful. It's amazing, it's huge. It's full of the blessings of the Lord. And I'm asking you to journey with me through that window. Genesis 35 one says, then God said to Jacob, arise, go up to Bethel and dwell there. Make a commitment. And make an altar there to God who appeared to you when you fled from the face of Esau, your brothers. So let me show you what God said. God said prayer. See, it's not just happenstance that at Valley Community Church, that everywhere you turn, we're talking about prayer. We're talking about prayer and worship. We have the worship prayer on a Saturday morning coming up that we've announced that. Look in your bulletin. It is there. I expect everybody to be there. If you really want, the things of God to move, if you really want your children and your grandchildren to change, if you want your parents, your brothers, your sisters, your aunts, your uncles, if you want change and transformation in their life, then I'm saying to you, dwell in the things that we're talking about. Dwell in the area of prayer. Make a commitment to it. Make it to where that you will literally get off work and believe God for the finances so that you can make prayer and worship. Because we don't do it very often. We do it on and, and basically a quarterly basis. Three, four times a year, maybe five it might happen. Who knows what God's gonna do? But we need to make a commitment to the things that are going to transform the very essence of what God's called us to. Let me show you again what God said, he said prayer. A prayer altar is a lifestyle where we draw the presence of God and push back the spiritual darkness. That you have such a passion, a commitment to have the presence of God around you at all times. And I'm literally, because the last series we talked about the manifested presence and we talked about praise. at the conclusion of the series, is that we really need to be committed to having the presence of God. When we come into this house to worship, we should get here early, and we should come in here, and we should be committed to worship and to honor the Lord and draw the presence of God and literally kick satanic behind to be committed to this. That's what faith is. Faith isn't, I believe. Everything's good. Something's happening over there, but it's good. That's not faith. That's stinking religion. And I hate religion. We push back the spiritual darkness to see transformation come into lives and lands. Remember, because it's not about us anymore. When we really understand kingdom, we really understand the lifestyle of the kingdom in giving, that our lives, it's no longer ours, it's God's, and he uses us to minister to others. And we need to make a commitment to that. That that commitment is so strong that nothing changes it. Amen. Amen when you were dating your wife and you made a commitment to take her out on Friday night, baseball game came up, you had a choice to make, didn't you? And you found out your wife was more beautiful than a baseball game. So you made a commitment to go out. And you have to get to a place in your life that you understand that Literally, to see transformation come into lives and lands, the foundation of prayer is the Word of God. That in prayer, you make a commitment to the Word of God. If we're going to make a commitment to prayer, a commitment to dwell in the presence of God, we have to dwell in the Word of God. We have to understand that the Word of God is so powerful, it is so real, that if we take a hold of the Word of God and we begin to believe it as what the Word of God says, that we're going to see the power of God manifest, and His presence will permeate every area of your life. I don't care if all hell is at your job or your business when you are committed to the presence of God, that presence will kick it out. And it will change and the blessings of God will manifest over you, why? Because you have a heart of giving and God says, oh no, no one's gonna steal what I have given you because I can trust you to be a kingdom giver. No one's gonna steal that. You will be able to go to work and understand that God's gonna bless you and if they fire you, God's got something even greater. But see, a lot of people think the same way, but the problem is they got fired because they needed to get fired. Because they had a bad attitude, they talked bad. That's why we talked about the power of your words. And they didn't work hard, and they got an agreement with all the negative people. And the reality is, is what God is saying is it's not about what life is doing, it's really about what God is doing. See, this world has no hold on your life if you are dwelling in the presence and prayer and the Word of God. Has no no power over you. None. Is the Lord speaking? Yeah, He is. You're so amazing. You're so gifted. You're so blessed. Let's begin to walk in it. The third action is, watch this, don't take it wrong, but hear the word, judging. Every one of us make judgments every day. I'm not talking about judging people. Bible says do not judge. We have to make decisions based on what God is saying every day. Judge whether we wait on something or move on something. You see what I'm talking about here? What job we are to take. Eat what we're supposed to. Believe for our children, even though we are concerned about their decisions. Look at the judgments Abraham and Sarah made. I want you to see this. This is so amazing. Hebrews 11, verse 9 and 10. By faith, obeying, dwelling, judging, by faith he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God." made a commitment, just there, I'm I'm done here, boom, you have put me in this place, and I'm going to, by faith, I'm going to dwell, whether it's a tent or a mansion, whatever it is, I'm going to dwell, I'm going to do what you told me to do, God, again, you're not schizophrenic, I'm making a commitment, I'm going to dwell there, and matter of fact, I'm going to judge everything, Even though all Hades is breaking loose, I'm gonna judge everything according to what you said. Not what man said, not what life is saying. I'm gonna judge according to what you said. Hmm. Verse 11, Sarah. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Watch this. Judging. What Sarah judged was a great picture of faith. Because she judged well, she received the strength to receive the seed by judging God faithful to the promise. Faith is literally taking life and measuring it by your own physical power and God in making a judgment. What's right? What's good? Okay. And, and a lot of times I before I really grabbed the hold of this reality is I made out of, a lot of judgments out of my own thinking. And I, let me just tell you this: I'm not a dumb cookie. I'm smart, a lot of experience. But I would make judgments based on my own thinking, and I want to tell you, God's thinking is far above mine. But I can have his judgment. I can have his thinking by getting in the Word, by getting in prayer, by going after the presence of God, knowing what he's saying to me, hearing his voice. And by that, I can judge things even though all life is telling me you're an idiot. You're why are you doing that? Why are you staying? Why are you dwelling there? Why are you committed to that? Why are you doing that because you're judging based on what God said, not what you're experiencing. <laughs> this is pretty deep stuff, isn't it? Well, let me tell you it's simple. Faith, this is the simplicity of it, faith is judging God faithful. Doubt is judging God unfaithful. So what we've learned is you make judgments for or against God every day of your life. When we doubt, we're judging God unfaithful. Oh, pastor, no, because you know life is stuff happens. No, just understand this: God just doesn't say, "Oh, well, whatever happens, guys." I said this, yeah, but whatever happened, it is cool. You know, I know it's tough down there. It wasn't my real plan, but I created this guy named Lucifer, and he messed up, and you know, your ancestor Adam. He I'm not going to talk about them, though. You know, that's church, I'm really trying to show you is that we do make judgments every day against God because obedience and dwelling and commitment isn't there to what God said. If you make me feel good, I'm there. If it ministers to me, I'm there. No. Even if I don't feel good, I'm there. Even if it's really messing with me, I'm there because God called me there. God placed me there. You see, we always talk about, because the way we are, we always talk about Sarah, you know, she laughed when she was told, You're going to have a baby. She laughed. But in essence, we don't follow the journey. She's like us. At first she judged according to her own thinking, according to her own ways, what happened to her before. The words that people said to her because of being barren, not having a child, the hurt, the turmoil of of all that. And let me tell you, it can be excruciating in your life, what you're facing today, what people have judged and said to you. It can be so excruciating, but I want to tell you, when you turn it around, walking in an obedience, you're dwelling that commitment, and then you're moving into this realm of judging God faithful then even though it doesn't even look like it could work, God said it, I believe it, I'm gonna be so committed to that. I don't care if I close my eyes and die without it happening, I'm gonna believe it because God said it. You understand what I'm saying here? Is that so many people, okay, I'm gonna give you a week, God. And in a week, if you don't do anything, I know you're just telling me i got to do whatever i got to do. No. Faith is being obedient, being committed, and judging God faithful, even though it looks like nothing's going to work. Hmm. When Terry and I first came to the church, about a month after, I looked at my wife, and I said, you do know God called us here, don't you? And she said, of course, honey, what are you saying? Let me ask you this again. You do know that God said we're to come here, right? Yeah, of course. I said, good, because it doesn't look good. And I'm not saying, I mean, we had a blast, great people, all the different things. But because of all the stuff, all the the things that go on and all the hurt and all the anger and all the unforgiveness and all the different things that went on, healing needed to arise at this church. And there were times I'm up here giving my life away. And few are listening. What is our future? Our future is amazing, because we are now a healed church. Amen, go ahead. <clears throat> hmm. You either judge him faithful to his word? Or judge, he is unfaithful to what he said or promised. By this judgment, you set your course. I am judging God faithful. And as pastor of this church, I am setting the course. What is the course? You see the five pillars the redigging of the wells. God's not schizophrenic. He said this to this church many years ago. It wasn't explained. We explained it. Watch this. Because of the gifting that God gave Terry and I and the staff. And we brought it out and it came through and this is who we are. I'm judging God faithful to it. I'm judging that God is going to do what he says when I proclaim you know, used to, I used to proclaim new seasons, new seasons. Then after a while, people say, Well, what's the next season, Pastor? You know, they and it's just like the reality is not even seeing past what they see. And I'm asking you, will you walk with me in this journey with the presence of God? Will you walk with me with this journey of of the word of God and getting in and dwelling and being committed to this. Will you judge God faithful no matter what goes on? I'm gonna say it again. Will you judge God faithful no matter what you're experiencing? Amen. I'm not a perfect man, but I serve a perfect God. And when I set things in line, amen, when I set things in line of what God is saying, we are judging what God is saying, not what Gary is saying. But as pastor of this church, I am proclaiming to you that God is speaking and it is powerful and we have a journey that's going to be amazing. There's so much to say about this, I need to move forward. So as the pastor of the church I am judging God faithful and setting our course to victory and success. Salvation is at hand. Your marriage is whole. Your financial success is going to be greater than you've ever dreamed of when you walk by faith. Here's the fourth action. Concluding. Concluding. Hebrews 11:17, 17. By faith "...Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, In Isaac your seed shall be called." Concluding that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense." It says concluding. We'll talk about that figurative later on in the series. It says concluding. If you walk by faith, it will lead you to make conclusions of your future. When someone points their finger at you and says, You think you're a Christian? You think you're that good? You just think you're all holier than now? You're no good. You conclude, in myself, no. But in God, I'm righteous. Amen. Remember when you did, hmm Remember when you said, uh-huh, I did. I'm sorry, I, I did that and I said that. See, how can you stand there and say that I need Jesus? because I needed Jesus. You just named some things that got me to a place of realizing I couldn't do it in myself. And you conclude that what God said he will do in spite of some of our insufficiencies. And you become a kingdom giver. If you walk by faith, it will lead you to make conclusions of your future. See, you need to understand, you already make conclusions about your marriage. Either by faith, based on the promises of word, or by doubt, based on natural circumstances. She'll never do that. He's always doing that. You always say, always, We're making judgments and conclusions. And we need to make godly conclusions. So the question is, how many things have you already concluded that you will fail or get sick? How many of us have already concluded that things are not going to work? How many of us already concluded that you'll never get married again? How many of you already concluded all these different things? Without even making a judgment, or a conclusion that God is faithful to what he's promised you. Don't make conclusions based on the natural. Make conclusions based on the word of God, and if you do, you will always end with the right conclusions. See, really faith, watch, watch what I'm about to say. I don't hear this taught. Really, faith is faith when you conclude God's conclusions. I'll say it again, and I'll even use my body as an example. Faith only becomes faith with all what your life and journey, as you walk your journey, goes through, and then you come to a conclusion in spite of all the stuff, you conclude the same thing, what God said. Because if you don't, you will go to the other side and you will judge God unfaithful. And you will get to a place where you get tired of people teaching on giving. Well, Pastor, all he ever does is talk about finances. I used to have people years ago here say, Pastor, all you do is talk about finances. I said, when? (laughs) Show me the series. Well, you always talk about no, because it's the council that kept saying, Pastor, you need to talk about finances more. You're right. But we don't have a healed church, and they'll become offended with what's being said. So now, you're gonna be offended in this series? I'm sorry you're offended, but I'm not sorry that I'm going to teach it. But I want you to walk in faith. I want you to understand when you become a kingdom giver, a lifestyle that gives, and you make these faith decisions, you must understand God has drawn back the curtains of eternity, and now we have a glimpse of our future here at Valley Community Church, where salvation and healing and Holy Spirit baptism and growth and financial prosperity and joy of walking in your ministry, unity, life that is full of joy because your joy is not based on what's happening around you, your joy is based on what God said. So the rest of this series will help you conclude well in the area of your life called giving. So let me conclude by reading a long passage of Scripture. The folk, so you can come on up and play the keyboard. Therefore you shall lay up these words of mine in your heart, And in your soul, and bind them as a sign on your hand. They shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall teach them to your children, speaking of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. And you shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates, that your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give them. Like the days of the heavens above the earth. For if you carefully keep all these commandments, which I command you to do, to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, and to hold fast to him, then the Lord will drive out all of these nations from before you, and you will dispossess greater and mightier nations than yourselves. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads shall be yours. From the wilderness in Lebanon, from the river, the river Euphrates, Even the Western Sea shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand against you. The Lord your God will put the dread of you and the fear of you upon all the land where you tread, just as he has said to you. Behold, I set before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing, if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today and the curse if you do not obey the commandments of the Lord your God but turn aside from the way which I command you today to go after other gods which you have not known now it shall be when the Lord your God has brought you into the land which you go to possess that you shall put the blessing on Mount Gerizim and the curse on the Mount Abel. are they not on the other side of the Jordan toward the setting sun in the land of the Canaanites who dwell in the plain opposite Gilgal, beside the, the terebinth trees of Moriah. For you will cross over the Jordan and go in to possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you, and you will possess it and dwell in it, and you shall be careful to observe all the statutes and judgments which I set before you today church, let's win. Let's win. Let's all stand. Father, I thank you.